And again, <clears throat> verse 45, uh, the 13th chapter of St. Matthew. And again, verse 44 started that way. Again, but verse 45 starts. Jesus is speaking, the Son of God, the King of glory. He's speaking here. And he is so wonderful. Come right on up, Richard. It's fine. It won't hurt a thing. And uh, we're grateful that Jesus' words, Jesus' words are just as fresh now as they were when they came out of his mouth or from the heart of God. Just as fresh. They're not stale. They've not grown dark. They haven't dimmed any. Uh, they haven't diminished any. They're just as bright and just as flourishing and precious and living and glowing as ever. Just like diamonds. Cut out of that great truth and that love in the kingdom of God, which has no end. And he says, again, the kingdom of heaven. Again, he's comparing the kingdom of heaven to something. He's already compared the kingdom of heaven to mustard seed and other scriptures. But here he is saying again, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is just ahead just ahead of the follower of Christ. The kingdom of heaven is just beyond the follower of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of heaven is just a short distance ahead, beyond the follower, the obedient son, daughter of Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is nigh. The kingdom of heaven is close. Some are not far from the kingdom of God because they know that Jesus is Lord. He said to one, thou art not far from the kingdom. But you see, that's too far. Thou art not far. Now, I don't know how far it is in this case, but in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, we have to be just right there, behind Jesus. But Jesus told this learned man he was not far from the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. He wasn't far from it, he said. Thou art not far, but that's too far. We have to be dead center. He gave a good answer. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So thou shalt love the Lord thy God. The kingdom of God is entered to by the penitent heart. The heart that confesses that Jesus is Lord, confesses their sin, acknowledges him as their Christ, as their Redeemer. This we began in the kingdom of God. We began to see the kingdom of God then. We were in seeing distance. When we were in seeing distance, then by being in seeing distance through transformation, 
we then come in hearing distance. Now, we never come in hearing distance until we're in seeing distance. We're in seeing distance as soon as the new birth takes place. As soon as the new birth takes place, we're in seeing. He said they cannot see the kingdom until they're born again. So we're born in the kingdom, and then we see. And as soon as we see, our eyes, spiritual eyes are open, and we see the kingdom. That means we see that God loves the world, and Jesus is Christ. And then as soon as we see the Christ, then we point our ears to sound it out to see what he's saying. And then when we start in the kingdom of God and we see the kingdom of God, then every step we take in the kingdom of God is by death in trusting and obeying. And this is the way we walk in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of heaven is just beyond, just ahead. Only those in the kingdom of God enter into the kingdom of heaven. For the kingdom of God, those that are in the kingdom of God, are those that are with a cross. Only those that have the cross are in the kingdom of God. That's by repentance, confession of sin, giving all over to God and believing Jesus is Lord. And so therefore, when we are saved and transformed and changed and become in the likeness a new creature, then we see we're in seeing distance and then we are in hearing distance. And then we hear. Uh, seeing is good, but hearing is a must. Hearing is a requirement. Now, when I say that, that operates with power. See, Jesus said that to hear, we must hear him. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So hearing is imperative. Hearing is imperative to take one step in the kingdom of God, and that's by a cross. And that means that we're doing God's will and not our own. That means we put the hook in the lake when Jesus says, without our bait. When he spoke to the rich young ruler, he says, go and sell all thou hast. That's going, that's hearing, and then that's starting to follow Jesus. He said to one, he said, go and see the priest and offer that which is right and lawful to the priest. And he said to many, when he healed them, he charged them. He said, don't you tell any man. And there was times when he said, don't reveal who I am. That's hearing. I'm only illustrating just a few things of hearing. On one occasion, he told one person when they were healed, he said, do not publish this. Do not tell it. And they went out and published it and put it out so that he couldn't so much as go out. He had to go into the wilderness and withdraw. Hearing is hearing what he says. Now, there's times to tell what the Lord is doing, and there's time to keep quiet. It's hearing. We see it, but we must hear what the order is. We must hear what he says. She said, can't you pray for my baby? I'm in an altar. She's right there. Laura, 
I want to pray for your baby. I know it's covered with sores. I desire to, and I know that when you ask a servant of God to pray, he ought to pray. And you know I'm willing to try, but when you ask me to pray, God tells me no. Well, how did he tell you? She didn't ask me because she didn't question because she knew I was telling her right. He was telling me by the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about hearing the baby covered with sores, and I can't pray, but her husband is in jail. And I go to the court. I hear the judge. I hear the sentence. Because he didn't tell him the truth, he placed him in prison. But he had to go to jail first. And the Lord sent me to the jail uh, with the wife and with an uncle and aunt and some children. And after a half hour to an hour of sharing with the sheriff's wife, she said, I'm going to do something I never did before. I'm going to open up the jail for you. So she unlocked the doors the bars and let us in with this convict, uh, this man who stole and told a story, told a lie. He said, you lied to me. That's what the judge said. He said, if you told me the truth, I would have suspended the sentence and sent you back to this lovely wife with your three sons. But you forced me to send you because you lied to me. You didn't tell me the truth. He said, I don't want to do it. I know it's a crime place. I know it's a school of crime, but you forced me. I wanted to be merciful. I want to be with justice, but you didn't tell me the truth. So here I am in a few minutes, and the uh, sheriff's wife opens and unlocks the jail, and I go in, and here comes the uncle, and here comes the aunt, and here comes the wife, and here comes the baby with sores, and here's the children. I'm talking about hearing the voice of Jesus. And here we are, and here he's wanted someone to come to pray with him for days. He's sorry. He's, he's penitent now. He's broken. He sees his terrible air, and he's ready to give his heart to Jesus, so I lead him to Jesus right there. And when he finds Jesus, I open my eyes, and he has that baby in his arms with sores. Jesus said, now you may pray for the baby with sores. But here, we see, but we must hear. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is just beyond. So therefore, I had to listen to what Jesus told me. Because, see, I could have prayed and cried, and the sword has still been there. But by waiting until God's time in a jail with a new convert with his baby with sores in his arms, very holes in his arms, looking, broken out, and so on, God says, I'll heal these sores on this baby in his own father's arms behind these bars. Hearing what God says. Hearing what God says. I'm doing what Jesus wills and leads. It is expedient for us after we're saved and converted and changed and transformed. It's urgent for us to listen. We see, but we must listen. When I was converted, the light came in right above me, right there. The light was right up straight up above me. That's almost 49 years ago. That light, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, he came right in, and the power swept me through the gate. I saw, but then I had to start listening. I didn't see, I've never seen much sense. I've never seen much sense. I haven't looked uh, for, to see sights or visions. 
Because I'm taught in the scriptures to seek first the kingdom of God. What is that? Hearing what he says. Hearing what he says. He didn't say for me to seek miracles or seek great power. He said, you follow me. Jesus said, follow me. So therefore, he said again, the kingdom of heaven. But the kingdom of God, you see, if I'm not faithful in the kingdom of God, then how can I enter the kingdom of heaven? For the kingdom of God is by a cross. The kingdom of heaven is by and for the crown that is laid at the feet of Jesus. So here, as we see the kingdom, we see the work of Jesus, we see the light, and then, from then on, we fly and walk blind behind him. He's here, and we follow what he said. We don't see up there, here, or there. We only know what he says just one second, one breath ahead of us. This is following Jesus, not arranging anything, simply following him. This is the requirement in the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God and the requirement thereof. Whosoever, Jesus said, for whosoever doth not bear his cross, that is, do God's will, follow Jesus, and take up his cross, and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. If any man come to me, and hate not his father, and his mother, and his wife, and his children, his brothers, and his sisters, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. That means we cannot let any of our relatives keep us from hearing what Jesus says. Preventing us hearing what Jesus said. But unless we're dedicated and separated and forsake all we have, we'll listen to those about us and miss the voice of Jesus and not follow him. And yet we can pray and pray and preach and we can testify and win souls and we can go along in a form and yet not really obey what the Holy Spirit says for me to do. See, I could have prayed and prayed and prayed for that child the sword has still been there. But it, when I heard the voice of Jesus tell me no, and I waited, you see, he did it, and now I'm following. There's been times in my walk where I wanted to do something. I wanted to pray. And he said, not now. And in a little while, he said, now is the time. Now is the time. He has the time. That's not our time. God's time is seldom as ever our time. This is in the kingdom of God. And so he said, unless we have the cross, that's doing God's will, that's behind Jesus, that's coming after Jesus, unless we hate the father, the mother, the wife, the children, the brothers, the sisters, and our own life also, Jesus said, will not take any step after him. We can be religious. We can do all the beautiful things of the Bible. But we must follow Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, we're going to do all the Bible says. And what the Holy Spirit says. 
One day, a man, a servant of God, wanted to go somewhere, and God told him not to go. He went anyhow, got a bump, and this bump turned into cancer. We must hear what he says. We must do what he says. See, many of the things that's wrong with us, we have because we didn't mind God. Many of the troubles we have in the organs, in all parts of the body and the mind is because we didn't obey God or our father or our mother or our grandparents or great-grandparents and on back to the fourth generation. Many of the things that are wrong with us is because we made a wrong choice. We didn't hear what he said. One time I was eating at a place and Robert Morgan was with me and I was near Pittsburgh. And we were eating and how it ever happened I don't know. But all at once Jesus revealed to me that tomatoes were not right for this man. And Dorothy said many times they would sacrifice that she would pay more for a tomato than just ordinary because her husband loved, he liked, he enjoyed tomatoes. It's the way my father and I were too. My brothers. Oh, it was wonderful when my mother would slice those tomatoes and put a, you know, she'd put a whole cover on the bottom of that plate and then she'd sprinkle a little salt and then a little tiny bit of sugar. Then she'd put another layer on there. And then she'd put a little salt and a little sugar. Mmm, I can almost taste it yet. And then she'd put another layer on oh, that big plate. You don't get those dishes like you could when I was a boy, it seems as though. But oh, when mother got through with it. Oh, we, we wanted to drink all the juice. We ate all the tomatoes and all the juice. I want you to see my two brothers right there, smiling. I've got three brothers. Are you smiling? Do you remember it? Do you remember it? Oh, it was so good. We enjoyed those tomatoes. But Jesus revealed to me that this precious brother of mine, the tomatoes, would hurt him. Well, you were there. This is back in the 60s. This is back in the 60s. We're about to 82. This was in the 60s. We hadn't gotten to 70s. And he said, well, if tomatoes hurt me, then I'll not eat them. Now, the point is this. Here we are eating. And we're having a wonderful time. Our fellowship is just so precious. And suddenly Jesus tells me the tomatoes will hurt him. Isn't the Lord wonderful? Yeah. See, we've eaten. Some of us have eaten. God revealed to me about my brother Edwin right here. He's a Methodist preacher, United Methodist minister from Elkhart, Simpson. And the Lord revealed to me years ago that milk hurt him. And he bought enough milk for Rosanna and the four children and he drank, I believe you were drinking more milk than all of them together. The Lord revealed to me that milk had hurt you for 11 years. You remember that? He stopped the tomatoes and he stopped the milk. And you told me, Dorothy told me that you could tell the difference at eight days. It was eight days that you could tell the difference. You could tell it within the body. Now, I give that to illustrate that he wants to hear, have us hear what he says. 
about food, about places, about services, about everything. I wanted to go get some groceries, and he said, don't. I was praying. I was on my knees. My wife needed groceries. I, I'd start to get up. He said, pray right on. What? Hearing. Hearing. In the kingdom of God. He said, don't stop praying. How did you know it? By the Holy Spirit. See, that touches me now. I tried to get up. I said, Jesus, my wife needs groceries. He said, pray right on. So I prayed right on. I'm talking about hearing. Trying to give us practical experiences. I'd try to get up again, he'd say no. So I'd get back on my knees. I'd try it again, get back on my knees. And finally, after quite a while, he said, you may get up on your, from your knees and go to the grocery store. And when I arrived at the grocery store, I'm talking about hearing, hearing what Jesus said. When I arrived at the grocery store, something happened that seldom ever happened in that store that, that I ever knew it since 1922. This next year, it will be 60 years. That's a little while. It's the same building. It's still a grocery store. And when I went in, this is why it was different. There wasn't anyone in that store, not even the butcher or a clerk, but the man that owned the place. Seldom ever happened. And I was getting groceries, and he said, say, Lauren, I want you to go to ball stores and pick you out a set of clothes because you see, I didn't have any money to buy clothes and wouldn't have anything for a long time. He said, you go to ball stores and get you a suit of clothes and I'll take care of it. I didn't know that while I was praying for souls, he was getting a suit of clothes ready for me. But, and I didn't know either. You see, if I would have gotten there one minute ahead, I wouldn't have gotten it. He had it all timed. Oh, we do good things, but out of time. We must follow what the Holy Spirit says. I'm talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. I tried to go to the barber shop, and all day I couldn't go. I'm talking about hearing. I said, well, Lord, my hair doesn't look too good. It needs trimming. It's a little shaggy. We need to look neat. We need to be looking very good. That doesn't hurt anything, does it? That may help something or help somebody. It may help not everybody. A little it may encourage them to do likewise. And I tried to go to the barber shop, couldn't go, tried again, couldn't go, tried again, couldn't go, tried again, couldn't go. Well, I didn't go. Hours. At four in the afternoon, here came my third brother, and he said, can you go to the barber shop with me? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> See, you delayed me all that time. I'm talking about hearing in the kingdom of God. About a barber shop? Yes. About a grocery store? Yes. About a garage, I just, I just had an experience about a garage, and you read about it. What a going newsletter. Time. Got that at the right time. The right person. Last time I was with him and prayed with him, he says, oh, it, it, it goes all through me. He just went back and forth in that 82 diesel, old 98, 
he'd just go back and forth. And he said, would you pray? I'd go, through me, brother. I said, we need to praise Jesus. I need to hear what he says. So I go to the barber shop with my brother. I'm simply illustrating the fact that we need to hear after we see. See, we walk by God, not by sight, but by faith, and it flows through the ear of hear. Faith cometh by hearing. What? 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 You mean faith comes by hearing? What? It says faith comes by hearing. Hearing who? Jesus that we follow. Faith comes by following, hearing him. Hearing him. Hearing Jesus. Did you get that? A lot of people think that by hearing a preacher. By hearing an exhorter. You can hear an exhorter and preacher all your life. And if you get the, you don't have dullness of hearing, you don't follow Jesus, he's right ahead of you, well, you'll just keep trying to hear, and the faith will stay the same. Or not at all. No glory, no power, no victory. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the truth, he's the word, and we have faith as we are in him, the word he is speaking. We hear him. So that's rich. I preached almost 50 years and never got that area. Did you ever get that? I never saw a little glimpse of a wonder there. Right there. Could you see what that was? See, a lot of us think it's hearing the word out here. It's hearing in here from right here. Jesus right here. It flies from him to me right here. Now that's worth the whole waiting and all it ever cost you if you went around the world. It's worth going around the world many times just to get that. Faith cometh by hearing. I'm talking about hearing in the kingdom of God. See how that scripture works right in, how the Holy Ghost helped me. A limited, feeble preacher that doesn't know how to preach, he comes and helps me. Faith come up the hearing and hearing of the word. And Jesus is the word. See, the word is that we hear from his heart. Well, how do we get the word from here down to here? Jesus doesn't speak through here. He speaks right in the inner man right here. See, that's in my heart now. See, we hear, not hear, the voice of Jesus is right ahead of us. We're behind him in the kingdom of God. And when he speaks by the Holy Ghost, the comforter, for he is God, he comes right in. Oh, that's sailing in my heart. I wish it'd get in your heart real good right now. I wish it could. Oh, Jesus, let it do it. Oh, it'd convince you. It'd convince you. Now you can see that is what regulates the drawing of the Father. You see, the regulating of the drawing of the Father, drawing all men to Jesus, is that lift. And that lift is in the hearing and the following. We think it's in great preaching and great doings here. The, the drawing is in the work of the Holy Spirit as it works through Jesus to the heart and that all the church obeys and follows and then the power falls and draws all sinners in. This is exciting. This is exciting. See, this, this is more to be excited about than all the football games. I got excited over those. All the family reunions, all the entertainments of the world, all the accomplishments of the world.
Oh, this is worth it all right here. We've had a great time for three days. He has given us a secret. He's given us a little nugget, a rich pearl. It's in his heart. Oh, you precious ones, you're right in this. Oh, I'm about to shout. I'm just about to shout. See, I never wanted to shout, but God puts a shout in there. Aren't those roses pretty? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! Oh, touch Brother Ryan and Don. Encourage, lift them up out there. <clears throat> yeah, hearing. We hear what he said. Faith cometh by hearing. Oh, hearing just the preacher. That's good. But hearing the Holy Spirit speak in Jesus into the heart of you and me. Oh, that, that's when life comes. You can see why we're so dead in our churches. See why we're so powerless. No glory, no power. You go in and you sit there and the Holy Spirit doesn't witness. And it's the gospel, it's beautiful things going on. Once in a while, someone will get a little bit of order and it'll be a little blessing. My heart really hurts now. I mean really hurts. Because the Lord don't, doesn't want to cheat us out of any blessing, so we get in on a little. But we'd have a lot if we'd hear what he says and follow. In fact, we would, hear, we would have so much, our cup would run over. In fact, we'd have so much as a church that the church couldn't hold the people. It pulled the, pushed the walls out. The field couldn't hold them. Acres upon acres couldn't hold them because the kingdom is there. The kingdom has come down. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. It's not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. When that is present, his presence, all men are drawn. They can't help it. It's beyond them. Above them, about them. They can't control themselves. They're uncontrollable when it comes to this great glory of God. They can't stop it. Bring them right in. Hearing. Hearing what he says. Hearing what Jesus says. What Jesus says to my heart. What Jesus says to your heart. That's what he desires ever since he ascended into heaven. Is that all the apostles, all the disciples then, all of us to follow in that train. He wants us to hear in our heart and follow what he says. I can't go to the barber shop, but now I can. I'm delayed all day to 4 p.m. Now you would think it would have been better to go at 12 o'clock. Wouldn't be anybody in the chair. They'd be home eating. That'd be the convenient time to go. Barbara sits there and no one comes because they're all feeding their mouths somewhere. He said, go at four o'clock. The barber shop's full. I'm talking about hearing the voice of Jesus, about getting your hair trimmed. The kingdom of God, we're talking of it. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's here. The kingdom of heaven is so in great grandeur and wonder that uh, there's not words to describe it. 
Well, the chairs filled, the barbershop's full, and there we are, sitting, waiting. The enemy could say, no, don't you look good here? <laughs> you could have been here and been home. You could have been getting things done at home. Here you are, wasting your time. We would have to say, if he said that, we'd have to say, get behind me, Satan. And I have to tell the devil to get behind me quite a bit. It keeps me busy sometimes telling him, get hints, Satan, you're a liar. Because I want to tell you, if you're right straight behind Jesus, he is accusing you most of the time. He's buffeting you most of the time. He's fighting you most of the time if you're right behind Jesus. He will tell you every opportunity he gets that you're not of Jesus while you're right behind him. He will tell you you're not going to make it and you are out of the will of God when you're right behind him. Now, if you're not, he won't tell you that. Well, they began to talk in the barber shop, and they said, did you know? And they began to say, I said, what? What did you say? They said, Ronald Moore is in his casket down at the mortuary. I said, wait just a moment. Ronald Moore, a 29-year-old young man, is in his casket? Yeah, they said he just died. said he just died. They don't know why he died. He died. I said, well, my beloved, I said, he is my precious one. Because God told me last November, that was in July, he told me last November I had a great burden. And I prayed for one hour, I prayed two hours, prayed three hours. See, I'm taking all the barbershop full of men. See, he won the whole shop full. So they would miss hell and make heaven. See, he wanted me to hear. Oh, I want us all to hear what Jesus says, so we'll be on time. And I told those men in that barbershop, I said, you know, I had such a burden. And I prayed for one hour, two hours, and I'd get out of my car, and I'd pray in the house, and I'd cry, and I said, oh, Lord, this burden is so great. So I started out about 6.30 driving, and I drove to the French church. wasn't there. I drove to the... French church way out in the country. And I stopped at one, State Road 1, where that little road, you know, the Terrence, you and I have been in the buggy along there. We go back there where the horse was. And we stopped there. And when I stopped to pray, he said, your burden is not at the Dunkirk French church. So I turned around and I said, well, Lord, maybe it's in Philadelphia. So I drove all the way to Windsor and on through to the Philadelphia church, and I went all the way out there, and I drove up there. See, I had to learn lessons. It took me a long time to be taught how to be led of the Spirit. But the check is how the revelation comes. I arrived at Philadelphia, and he said, your burden's not here. So I turned the, my car on. This was 1948. That's 33 years ago. Last month. That's a, about a third of a century. Not quite. I came back to my Uncle George's church, where he was one of the main leaders of the church, my father's older brother. And I drove my car right up beside his, and I said, well, the burden could be here. He said, it's not here. So I back out, and I go to the Methodist church at Windsor. He said, it's not here. So I drive all the way back to Parker, and I drive up to the Nazarene church. He said, it isn't here. 
So I drove up to the Methodist church, my home church, where I've been since 23. He said, it isn't here. I was trying to locate my bird. You see, it took me a long time. See, I've went through lots of experiences for years to be taught. And a lot of people want to be taught just in a matter of a few hours, a few years. That's right. How God leads, how he reveals himself. See, we want to be taught, but it's dying. I had to die out for months and years and years of waiting and crying and still, still at it in the beginning. And I said, well, Jesus, my burden is still there for hours. See, I, I didn't know how to locate it. He had to teach me in my heart how to locate the burdens. You remember this morning when he let me locate, by God's grace, the burdens of this young woman? And people could sense it all over here, what God and where he told me what it was and so on. It's through Jesus I would ever know that. He had to teach me many lessons. Still being taught. I said, well, Jesus, you know, the, it's not here, so I'll start up toward Olive Branch where my father preached when I was 13 years old. And I made it to farmland. I went, I'm talking about hearing. Hearing. I'm telling the barbershop full of men about how the Lord led me and how he's working with me. How I was hearing. You say, what did they think of you? I don't know. That wasn't for me to question. It wasn't for me to question. It was minds of speaking so tender and so sweet that they couldn't spit it out. And so when I went to Twin Bridges, three miles north, I went into the east toward Olive Branch. I hadn't got quite to the first mile. And there it dawned on me just across one mile. In between that, you see, was Hopewell United Methodist Church where I assisted my father in M.D. Mirandi's funeral when I was 15 years old. Well, you see, I'd been praying since I was a year old. I'd been singing for Jesus for a number of years. See, they began us to sing when we were little boys. I started singing long before Edward and Edmund were born. Terence was little. Oh, I said, hope well. Oh, I felt so good. I, oh, dear. So I went over to Hopewell. It was five minutes to nine. I'd been all those hours trying to locate my burden. See, a hearing. 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 Hearing what Jesus was telling me. And when at five minutes till nine, I came up in front of the church. He said, this is the place. So I'm telling you, a whole bar for a minute. He said, this is the place. So I get out of the car and I said, Jesus, I don't know whether I'll be welcome here. Because you see, I've left all to go with you and I'm a stranger in this world. And they don't know me here. And I don't know what they'll do with me. But you've told me, so just give me strength. And so when I came up the outside of the door, <laughs> I got up close like this. And all what I heard was music to my ears. Reverend Spalding was there, a man out of Michigan, and he was preaching the gospel, and the glory of God was upon him. And oh, I understood it. He was my brother. He was just following Jesus ahead of me. 
So I pushed the door as quiet as could be. I hope you oiled the hinges so they never screech. And I went in the first set of doors, and I pushed the others so gently and softly that there wasn't anybody that could hear me. That's the way you go into any meeting. Every meeting. Every man of God. Tread softly because one movement may take somebody and he doesn't hear right here. He missed it. This caused him to miss it here. See, I have the witness now. See, I have the witness, man, right here. That we see somebody move around and our eye, and we don't hear it here, what he says, right here. We don't get it. So I went in real quiet, and so no one knew it. And I got on the back seat, and I sat down as still as I could, so I didn't bother anybody. I was glad the back seat was unoccupied. That's not usually where I do and dwell and be seated. But that's where I was supposed to be that night. And sometimes he wants you in the back seat. So we won't disturb anybody when we come in late. And don't let the devil harass you when you come in late. Because coming in, you may hear something that'll help you. Don't ever let the enemy accuse you you tell him it's a lie, you're following Jesus. Oh, I heard him say some wonderful things, and he began to pray. And he said, Lord Jesus, you help me to preach tonight on the kingdom of God. I had such a great time here, Jesus, you just blessed me so good. Oh, I could tell it. He didn't have to say it out loud. The blessing was all over Oh, I sensed it. I felt it. It, it witnessed it. It was reality to me as this precious man was Jesus' servant. I could hear it. I could hear it. Oh, I, I'm thankful. He said, you know, Lord, twice I said in the sermon tonight, Lord, I can't understand it, but there's someone trying to get through these doors from someplace. I can just feel them trying to get here. I don't know where they're coming from, Lord. I told the congregation twice, I can't explain to you, but I have within me, God told me there's someone trying to get here, to the doors here. Praise God. I got there five minutes till nine. Well, uh, he began to pray and he said, and then he hadn't prayed long until the glory was on me and I was praying about as hard as he was. Woo! He said, I perceive as a servant of God here. I don't know him. Brother Alvis Stevens, Brother Robert, knew me since I was a boy. He said, he is a servant of God, and I want him to sing. So I sang a song. And the Lord blessed me. And the Board of Evangelism said, I'll tell you, God led this man here, and so he should come and be the evangelist. See, this church revived. said, God sent him, so let's let him come. I said, if you let me come when God says, I'll be here. They said, that's the way it is. So we started in February. Oh, we started in February of 48. This was November, you see, of 47 when I had the revelation. We were there in a revival in February of 48. And if I would tell you all the wonderful things God did there, it was a wonderful experience. 
There was a preacher there. She's 94 years of age. She'd preached for 60 years. Do any of you remember? You older boys remember? That old mother that it was the mother of Israel that preached 60 some years. See, she preached 64 years. Was her name Martin? Ann Martin. She was a little woman. And during that revival, she said it was the most marvelous demonstrations of Jesus and the Holy Spirit she had ever witnessed to the glory of God. She'd been a preacher of righteousness back in the 1800s. And the Lord did so many wonderful things there in that meeting. I'm telling this barbershop full of men about how God got me to this place. And one night I'm supposed to preach and I can't get out of the chair. And I said, God's calling me. There's someone supposed to come to this church. Who are they, Lord? There's snow on the ground. And I tried to get up and he said, no, you can't get up. So I'd say, I'd stay there. I'd see lights come and then they'd leave. I'd see lights come and then they'd leave. I tried to get up and it was 8.30 and he said, you sit down now. How does he do that? Within me. The gifts are within me. He said, it's not time for you to preach yet. Now, if I'd been me, I'd been preaching by a quarter of eight or eight o'clock anyhow. If it'd just been me programming it. And he'd say, it's time. Just like the barbershop. Getting there. No. Just like praying for this boy with a covered soil. Sores on his body. No. And finally, finally, a marvelous thing happened. I looked, and behold, Ronald Moore came to the door. Now, he had been to church a number of times, I learned later, and then he would come, get there, and then he'd get in the car and go back to a, a pleasure of the world. Then he, he was so pulled of God, he'd come back to the church. And then he'd go back to the pleasure of the world. And he'd come back and forth. And finally, uh, to between 25 minutes to 20 minutes to 9, he made it back. And he was, he was just pulled back and forth like this. And when he came in, I saw him come in. My wife began to play and sing. And some sweet day, I'll reach that land, still guided by the unseen hand. And when she played that, I came over the top of the altar. The glory took me clear back, brought me clear around. And when he put me right here, Ronald Moore was right there. The Holy Ghost said, you go and talk to him for me. And I said, would you all bow your heads and pray? And they prayed. And I went back, and I knelt down beside him, and I said, my precious brother, Jesus has just told me that the Holy Spirit is calling you to God, and his heart was going, much or more. He says, yes, I know him. I've had an awful struggle. I've gone over there and I've come back. I've gone over and come back. But he said, it drew me so hard I couldn't stand it. He said, I'm in here, but I'm too backward. I can't go to that altar. Never was saved. His parents never went to church. They used to carry kerosene to him, his father, when he was young. But I said, precious brother, when Jesus tells me that he's calling you, that's the time to answer. Don't wait. We better hear. But he says, I, I just can't. I, I'm just so timid. I'm so backward. I said, but Jesus will help you. He said, but I, don't, I just can't do it. I said, by God's grace, you can. 
You see, God was saying, and he wasn't hearing yet. God told me he was calling. I'm trying to illustrate about the kingdom of God. In a barber shop. Time. I didn't read the story. I experienced it by God's grace and mercy. So then I took him back to Cameron, Texas, when I was with Homer and Rebecca, back in 43, when I met the Pemberton brothers, and he's shaking his head. Pemberton brothers were ministers in a southern state, just east of Texas. And one day, this precious Brother Pemberton, his first name was Wayne. Pemberton. He was in his prayer room praying, always having a wonderful time of prayer. I was telling Ronald about this. Oh, I said he had a great time of prayer. I'm telling us barbershop people. And Brother Pemberton heard the voice of Jesus, and Jesus said, Arise, get your hat, come with me. And he went out the front of the church. He walked so many blocks that way. He took him so many blocks this way, took so many blocks that way heading before a florist. And when he arrived in front of this florist, Jesus said, well, this is the place I want you. That's in my heart now, Homer, and he told me all those years ago. See, I was in 43 when I first learned this. Wonderful story. I'm telling it in 48 to a young man 29 years old. And I said, you know, Jesus told Reverend Pemberton that's where he was to go, Ronald. And he walked in and and they began to talk, and they were saying things. No doubt, Brother Pepperton had said, this is a wonderful day the Lord's given us. He probably did, because he was a man of God. If you're a man of God, you'll praise the Lord for something. Carefully, so you won't offend anyone. And he said, Reverend, he said, I've got something I want to show you. I said, would you mind? He said, well, no. He said, I, the Lord told me to come and talk to you, and I'm here to talk to you. Well, he had roses, and he said, you know, uh, I didn't come to buy roses. I came to talk to you about finding Christ, going with Jesus. Well, the florist said, uh, I appreciate that, but I'm not ready. Am I ready? The man said, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Well, I want to tell you, when I finished the story telling Ronald about what happened and what took place and how this person should have listened to his voice of Jesus and how then when he stopped at a mortuary and went in, and the morticians had come back with me, I want to show you someone. And there was this person he was sent to. The rose that Reverend Pemberton had on his lapel was not yet all withered up. It was pretty dead, but it wasn't before he could wear it. And he looked down at the rose, those fingers had put it on there, he's dead, he's gone. I said, now, Ronald, when God tells a servant that we better seek him, we better hear his voice and come. He got right out of there, and he came down, he came clear over here, and he found Jesus right here with me, and he was happy that the trees looked different. 
home looked different. His parents looked different. Everything looked different. And then I find out then, that day, just a few weeks, months afterward, he's in his grave. He's in the casket. To hear the voice of Jesus. The kingdom of God, we hear the voice of Jesus. We follow unto what Jesus says. This is the kingdom of God. We see it, then we hear, and we follow. For the kingdom of God is entered into by those who are penitent and humble, who confess their sins, who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and they only stay in the kingdom of God as they follow Jesus. Because he said a spiritual law, if any man's going to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's the only way we can go after him. There isn't any other. And you know, we think that when we're converted, then we can just start in uh, reading and praying, and we can uh, do this and we can do that. But we better, with that, we better follow what Jesus says. We must follow what Jesus says with our prayers, with our scripture, with our witnessing. Because if we get somebody saved, they're going to become patterns of us. We want a program of what we can figure out and plan ourselves. You see, they become a part of what we are. The church is the mother. That's where the lambs are born. It's important, isn't it? Again, he said, again I say to you, the kingdom of heaven is like now he says the kingdom of heaven is like something we preached the other day that the kingdom of heaven in that case was like a treasure he didn't say a treasure he said treasure but unto treasure this time he says the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. He was endeavoring to illustrate to his followers, his disciples, about the kingdom of heaven, of how we enter into it, how we find it. Both of these accounts, he's telling how it's found. And they're already in the kingdom of God. They're already started. He's talking to those followers. He's talking to that great multitude. He says, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man. Now, a merchant man is a man that buys and sells. He has merchandise. A merchant is a man that walks among men with commodities and merchandise for sale. He's a salesman. Merchantman is a man that possesses something. What he possesses, he believes in it so much, he sells it. But here's a merchant man. He said it's like a merchant man. But I want you to know that he's different. This merchant man is not satisfied with what he had. He didn't have what he needed. Isn't that tremendous? Did you get that? He's a merchant man, but he doesn't have what he needs yet. Because it said, he's seeking. 
Oh, praise the Lord. You just almost have to walk now, don't we? We just almost have to. See, he has all these things, but what he has isn't enough. So he's seeking. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like this. He has, he has, he has merchandise. He has pearls. Oh yeah, he has pearls. But he doesn't have the right one. He has jewels, but he doesn't have the right one. What power? I tell you, I'm having a great time right here. I am having a wonderful time. Oh, he has pearls. He has jewels. He's a merchant man. He may have had so many, he thought he had enough, but he had a vision, and he found out that there was a pearl he'd missed. I'm almost to shout. And this merchant man, seeking goodly pearls, he had pearls. He's seeking goodly ones, best quality. Who, when he had found, <laughs> oh, get in my heart. Who, when he had found, when? Remember how I preached on when the other day? We're talking about hearing now. Hearing in the kingdom of God. Who, this merchant, who, when he had found one pearl, what? Of great price. That was the most beautiful, the most glamorous, glorious, the spectacle, the sight of the sun, beauty, pearl of great price. Because it had been in storms and wrestled around and things. And a lot of things. Pearls of great price get all, I tell you, get all tossed around in waves, shells. Oh my. Are you tossed? Oh, God's in my heart. Jesus is in my heart. Jesus is in my heart. Oh, we're endeavoring to encourage you to seek and to hear so you can find this the voice of Jesus, so he can lead us to the pearl of great price. Oh, I feel like running. I do. Oh, Jesus helps me to feel like this again. I'll just be so happy. Because I started in, you see, I don't have any notes. I just said, Lord, you help me, because I don't know. I never preached this before. I never preached this. And 22 days, I'll be 49 years old. And I never preached this in all these years. See, I'm not a preacher. I'm only a servant. If there's any ability to preach, it's because Jesus pours it through. Gives it by the Holy Spirit of God. Because I'm not a scholar. I'm just merchant man was seeking the right thing. Had his goal high. Who, when he had found one, 
who, when he had found one pearl of great price, so beautiful, so perfect, I'll tell you, God's been telling us for the last three days some wonderful things about pearls. He's been telling us lots about treasure. He's been telling us lots about work. He's been telling us much about how we find. See, he's already told us how we find all of this. He's told us over and over and over for this three days and a lot of other days, and that's hearing the voice of Jesus in calling. That's how it's found. That's how it's found. Is hearing the voice of Jesus in our heart and finding and obeying and doing exactly what he said. Who when he has found one pearl of great price. When he found it, he left it. It said he went. So when he found the pearl of great price, he went somewhere. Where did he go? What in the world? He found the great pearl. He found everything. It said he found it, but he did something. He said, isn't this something? It said he went. Now if he went somewhere, where was that? Listen, I want to tell you something. He had to do something now. Do you know what he had to do? He had to go. He went. He had to go. Well, where was he going? Let's find out. Because this is the pearl of great price. He went. That's, that's something to consider, isn't it? He went and he did something. And he did something. He had to have a determination, a perseverance. He had to have a vision. He had to have knowledge of perfection. Isn't that sweet, son? Yeah, I, here's this little chuckle. See, you can see the glimmer of that. We get as much as we die for. We receive as much as we obey for. When he found the pearl, he went. He had to go somewhere. He had an ability of evaluation. He had an ability, not only of evaluation, but he had knowledge of substance. You can show me a piece of glass, and I can't tell you whether it's a piece of glass or a diamond. But you take someone that's in the business, they can look at it and they can tell it. He knew what it was. It was a pearl of great price, and he went on a journey. He went somewhere. What in the world was he going? He said, well, we'll find out here. Oh, it's a great story. I don't know how far he had to go. But I'll tell you one thing, he went as far as he could to get what he had. How far is that? I don't know just how far that could be. 
Oh, glory! <laughs> oh! I'll tell you, it's worth, it's just worth traveling a long ways for, isn't it? Oh, I want to thank him. I want to praise him. We're at a feast here. We're at a table. Oh, we're in a banquet hall. We're in the lowlands of love. <laughs> we're down here in the land of revelation. The place of the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I am thrilled. I'm thrilled. Glory, glory, glory. We're in fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. We're on our way. Where are you going? Oh, come and go with me. <laughs> Woo! It's a marvelous spring we're in. Oh, I tell you, the man that comes down here has got a taste and a flavor you will just never forget. <laughs> Hallelujah. He went. He was going to do something. Now, I tried to tell you all about why he went. I told you a few things. There's quite a bit more. I can't get to the end of that yet. I want to have to stop. He went, and as he went on his way, he sold. How far did he have to go to sell? He sold all the merchandise and all the possessions and all the things he had. He sold all that he had, all the pearls, all the jewels, all the wonder, all the merchandise. He sold it all. He sold every bit of it. And he took it back. He said, come with me. I have found the pearl of great price. And he sold all he had because it cost him everything he had, all that he had, every bit that he had, all that he ever dreamed of. I'm thrilled all over. And that's what God had me to do in 1941. Sell all and go over Jesus to hear the voice of God. He said, come, son, come with me. And he was in light. He told me right here. Oh, I need prayer more than anyone I know. He went and he sold all that he had. And he bought it. And he bought it cost him everything, cost all of his possessions, cost all that he had. He took it all, took the whole thing, have a bit of it, the whole thing.
You see how that alarm was timed? You couldn't have, you couldn't have made it happen much better. He's had it timed. Glory be to God forever. Now Benny's in a vision and he's just let him go. He's having a great time. He's been in it for several minutes. beside himself and they went out and laid hands on him. <laughs> and his friend said he's beside himself and they went out and laid hands on him. tell you, we're in a wonderful place somewhere here. Woo! Oh, we're down where the pearl of great price is. Amen. <laughs> Isn't this a beautiful place? Oh, it's a glorious place. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, the skies are radiant. Oh, the sun is beautiful. Oh, the gardens are rare here. The springs are cool, and the water's refreshing. Never has it been known that a pilgrim came to drink of this, but what? His thirst was quenched. The weary came, and they were made well. Lifted, the worn, brought up. Just like a while ago. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh, it's wonderful. We can feel it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're getting out there. What, what's up here? Oh, I'm so indebted for this. I really am. I've tried to tell you, sons, how unworthy I am and how nothing we are and how indebted I am to Jesus for this high privilege to walk with the King, to walk behind the King, behind the master of the universe, Amen. right behind him. Oh, hallelujah! <laughs> the light of the world. Oh, I'm in Oh, it's so wonderful. It's so precious. It's marvelous. We were in a great land, were we? Oh, what a wonder. And... Uh, he made the trip safely. And one marvelous thing was, he had just enough to purchase it. He had just enough to purchase it. Cost him everything he had. He wasn't short one penny. <laughs> Not one shekel. Oh, he laid it all down. They said, it's yours. Oh, I'd like to run. <laughs> he had everything it took. Praise God. You have everything 
he needs of you if you'll just turn everything over with all there is within you. I pled with men to do this for 40 years, yea more. Oh, he went and he bought as he had, he had just enough. <laughs> he didn't have to charge it. No. <laughs> oh, he didn't have to charge it. They didn't have charge cards in those days. And they wouldn't work in this case. It's all cash. <laughs> We've got to have the goods. <laughs> We've got to be all for God. We've got to be spotless. We've got to be without sin, without blemish. We've got to walk with the king. We've got to hear his voice. Get in the kingdom of heaven. Everything there is within us. Oh, glory to God. Oh, Jesus, thank you. I didn't know there's so much in here. I didn't know. See, I owe that all to thee, Heavenly Father Jesus, all these wonderful things. I owe it all to you because I don't know how to preach. Except you help me. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking pearls, goodly pearls, who, when he hath found the pearl of great price, hath found one pearl had found one pearl of great price. He went, he took all his possessions, everything he had, all that he had, and he bought it. <laughs> 